You are listening to yet another episode of Smash the Bug. Jesse and I are here as your host today, and we're going to talk about a subject that we've obviously not covered. This podcast is, you'd say, is in its infancy still, and we are really excited about the places this is going. But historically speaking, Jesse and I have talked about the challenges we've worked through uh, with projects that we are building or debugging or that sort of thing. But today, our focus is going to be just a little different. Jesse, what are we going to talk about? Well, you could say debugging the person ourselves, but specifically nice. something you'd recognize is burnout. Burnout. What yes. happens with burnout? What do we do with burnout? Well, what is burnout? Well, yeah, so, so we're going to talk about that. But of course, I have to always put my preamble hint in here. If you have not already, click that bell icon if you're watching this on YouTube. Great place to watch it, by the way. It's under the Swift Otter U channel on YouTube. If you are prefer to listen to this in your ears, uh, using one of those fancy white Apple AirPod deals or whatever your earbud is of choice, uh, we are found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Pretty much if you like to listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. So without further ado, let's talk about this kind of gnarly subject of burnout. I, I know I've been there. Jesse, I'm guessing oh, yeah. too. Absolutely. And I, it, Well, it comes and goes. It's it's just like I can enter its ups and downs. And so sometimes it'll start mm-hmm. coming in and I'll reassess what am I doing Yeah, and get back on track. Yeah. So it's an important topic and because left unchecked, left undealt with, it can take you to some not good places. And absolutely, I, it can distract you from your work altogether. Which could ultimately lead to, for example, a job change or even a career change that wasn't necessary in the first place. I get it if it's necessary. But again, left improperly dealt with, uh, it, it can cause maybe some damage. Yeah, because what I want to talk about is the reasons for the burnout and some of the things that could be maybe precursors or, rec- or signs that we can recognize in doing that. But it would be really unfortunate to change careers or jobs or something extreme like that if the problem can be solved on a day-to-day basis. Exactly, absolutely. And and ultimately, we are neither of us would say we are uh, psychologists in any stretch of the imagination, but uh, maybe experience gives us a little bit, puts us a little bit of uh, uh, progress in that direction, you might say. But um, ultimately, burnout could lead to depression, and that needs other treatment that is uh, to be dealt with at that point. But hopefully, hopefully we're at this, some of our suggestions, this, this conversation will touch on some areas that maybe stops it, hopefully stops it way before it gets to a point of, of, of a serious problem like that. But in, either way, the key caveat I want to say right now is be open with others. Be out there with others. You know, being keeping burnout internal, not telling anyone about it, and possibly the progression and the steps that I could take could lead to some real damage to yourself and certainly those that are around you. And that's the last thing any of us would want to see. So make sure to be open, to get help as it is needed. So that's a really great thought. I kind of want to jump in too and get your thoughts on what is burnout because this is a great, I think it's a great place to start. Like there's days when work is hard, but that's not necessarily burnout. No. no, So what would you, how would you distinguish between what burnout is and what it isn't? I think burnout, just put generally speaking, at least in my experience, for example, I working on this project for a long period of time, uh, it's, yeah, it put in a ton of hours every week. And there comes to be a point, and I find at least for me, it's a trigger that 
something goes wrong. We've, uh, there's, there's a mess up, there's a mistake. And it just kind of like shuts me down. It's like all motivation to finish this project out completely stops. I, I just, I don't feel like continuing. I have no motivation to get this project finished. And as I'm talking about this, I'm kind of literally reliving. Like I've had several of these projects and it's just, it, you just literally, I groan. It's like, oh, seriously, do I have to touch this again? <laughs> that so resonates with me. <laughs> that so resonates yeah. with me. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right in recognizing that change from one point it being exciting and interesting to then this like stark contrast to that where nothing yeah. is going well and nothing feels good about the project. And, and, and maybe we're blurring the lines here because ultimately I think blur burnout would maybe as, be attached to our, our work in general. So this one project has so taken over everything that everything else that we touch in for working for whoever we're working for starts just really turning to mush. It doesn't feel, there's no enjoyment. There's no satisfaction that happens as a result, as a result of this. And, and to be frank, there's been some times, uh, so obviously we have the agency side, the working for merchants. And then on the other hand, we have the, the training stuff. And for me, there was quite a number of, well, I pretty much work every Saturday, but there was for time, I was even working a lot of evenings on this too. And I hit a point of burnout. Uh, I think I think 2019 was was particularly end of 2019 was particularly bad. Actually, there was a time in 2018 as well. 2019, I I don't know about 2020 as much. And 2021's actually been pretty good. It's it's overwhelming. So I think hopefully we're learning to deal with it just a little bit better. But yeah, you hit those points, and it's just like, especially if there's nobody driving you on it. Like on the training side back then, there was no. There was no set goals or mile markers. It was just like, uh, boy, I don't have to do this. So I really just don't feel like pushing on this. And it's a very discouraging feeling ultimately at that point too. Yeah. I'm just curious how many hours you think you might've been putting in at that point. Oh, it was, it was probably pushing 60 hours a week. Okay. Okay. I was wondering about that. I've heard some numbers that say that after 40 to 50 hours, the well, someone's productivity can actually start going down mm -hmm. after that point, um, doing more time than that. And I think that's another interesting perspective is just how much like each of us are actually capable of or feasibly capable of. Because, and that's, that's really interesting, Jesse, because you think about there's called the difference between if we were to work with our hands all day, every day versus, uh, sitting here at the computer. And I, and I, and it's sometimes frustrating. You look at some of these people and they're working 12 hour days and they still seem like they're doing okay at it. Like that they're not like they're, they're killing themselves. I, a lot of, uh, well, for sure my grandparents, I would say there was, there's a lot of that they were, that they were doing, um, both on my wife's side and my, my side. And I think there are those people who can in our industry do 12 hours a day or more, but at least for me, there, there is a limit. So I think one thing is recognizing our limits in this. Yes, absolutely. And I think that is where this, this conversation about what can we do to work away from burnout mm -hmm. starts in yes. just simply evaluating how much time are we on the computer and everything like that. And again, everybody's different. There's not just to say like 50 hours or 60 hours. It's just like, mm -hmm. that's a line in the sand and everybody's going to be different that's right. on what specific number starts to go over that tipping point yes. where we're less effective and where we're more likely to burn out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's go back to the, these, these symptoms of burnout just so that we're all on the same page. Another one is, uh, 
getting out of my bed, getting ready for the day, uh, looking forward to my work. It's, it's, it's just a drag. Uh, and I've, I've, I've had that. It's like, oh, again, do I really have to go to work? I think you're seeing some similarities and symptoms here. Um, but it adds up and it adds to the discouragement. It's kind of like a compounding effect instead of compounding interest, which is a great thing. This is, this is compounding towards problems and that's a really bad thing. Yeah. And another thing that comes to mind is the desire to take shortcuts. Uh, so instead of yeah. being willing to step back and, and just like we've talked about on this podcast so many times, being willing to step back and reevaluate, like yep. check out what, the, what is the root of the problem? What I am inclined to do when I'm getting burned out is just look for the bandaid. I don't care about anything else. I'm just looking to get <laughs> yep. that pull request up and get that ticket marked as done. Yeah. Which ultimately leads to less satisfactory work. There's there, and that just, again, that compounds the problems. It does not solve any problems at all. One thing I have really struggled with, and we'll talk a bit more about the, the, the vaccine for this, is when I am burned out, I don't take the breaks that I should because I am feeling unmotivated and then I feel guilty about feeling unmotivated. And that means I need to work harder because I am unmotivated. And if I take a break, I feel guilty that I'm not getting the work done that I should. You see how this goes. And and again, it's this compounding thing. It's like this logarithmic scale that I it's hard to escape out of at that point. Yeah, that's really true. And I agree with that. And I think that with the rise of remote working, there's a, a little bit less of someone seeing their team member at a desk and being mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, they're working because it's, I can see what's on their screen. Now being remote, there's that, it's that much easier to get off track, to get distracted and things like that. And so with burnout, then that becomes more natural. And then those break times, whatever they are, are harder to take. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Haven't been there. I'm sure a lot of you have been there. Maybe some of you are currently there and our heart, my heart goes out to you. It's, it is not a fun place to be. It's, uh, it's difficult. And there's no like one thing that fixes the problem. Um, it's tough and it's worth working on, but it's, it's not just one of those things you take a pill and it's fixed. Yes. Here's another one. Um, at, well, I promise we'll, we will be getting to the, uh, the, the solutions uh, in just a minute. But being, call it, being the owner of Swift Otter, having now we're up to a team of nine developers, I have struggled with this idea that I'm the most senior on the team and thus the team's going to fall apart without me. So in other words, I got to work all the harder, which I've been seeing more and more. That's a management issue. And ultimately, it, that's a me. That's a self-inflicted issue. As I choose or allow other people to have more responsibility, it's amazing what they do. And I'm just and there's those disappointments, of course, but I'm just amazed over and over again. Um, and Jesse is, is, is a shining example of this, of what he does to keep operations going here on a day-to-day -day basis is phenomenal. And that has, of, of all things, I mean, and, and there's been a lot of things that have contributed to managing burnout, but that right there has been one thing that has tremendously helped just letting go of some of these things that, that other people do so much better at. I, I'm not the best at everything. So yeah, you have thoughts about that one, Jesse? No, that's a good point. And it can be hard, especially depending on, on where I think a person is at in the organization or on a team to let mm -hmm. things go. And there's this, there's this 
two-sided aspect of one is yes giving responsibility but then also holding accountable yes. and both things take learning and uh things we could probably talk about more at length mm -hmm. but that that is a really good point um in being willing to to farm things out or, or or give work to to other people so i think that's a that's a great point yeah i think we should talk about some specific scenarios that might influence burnout and then at the same point, some points as far as what we have found is effective to dealing with that. Before I do, as we were just talking, one thought I have had, and this has helped me also significantly, is my general perspective. It's easy to get pigeonholed or tunnel visioned on a certain perspective. Wow, I just hate working on this project. There's so many problems with it. The problems never go away. But on the flip side, recognizing the blessings that we have. And when, when things look dismal or disappointing or frustrating, sometimes it helps to look out and say, wait, wait, you know, especially in light of 2020, right? We, we have a job. We're grateful for that. Might not be the exact work that I like. I'm providing for my family. Uh, you know, at least the basic necessities, and I hope in your case as well, my friends, but the basic necessities are met. So that big picture perspective, and it takes a friend often to remind me of this, and Jesse's been great with that too. That big picture perspective can completely realign the vision. And it's like, wow, I actually have a lot of things to be grateful for. Uh, and again, I know that's not always the solution to burnout, but at least get, making sure we start into this process with the correct perspective can really, really help. I think that's a great point because burnout is, I think, most importantly, a feeling, or at least for most of us, that's the case. Like it's the feeling that we have about a project or mm -hmm. work at some level and things like that. And yes. so realigning those feelings, if we can in that regard, is a really, really good thing to do. And so much of that has to do with perspective and the things that we're telling ourselves and, and all of that, that sort of, what you say, self-talk um, that um, people talk about some. Exactly. And I guess you might say my comment of that is just channeling my unlicensed inner uh, layman counselor. But, you know, but but I think it's true. And it's really helped me um, just, again, re realigning my perspective uh, has has made a huge difference for me. Jesse. That's great. What's your thoughts about let's let's run through some specific scenarios that have been influential to both of us. And um, yeah. Yeah, some things that uh, that at least for me would cause burnout or lead on that path to burnout. I think yeah. one of the things, and there's a bunch of them, and, and I don't think any one of them in particular is going to be like, oh yeah, that's going to cause burnout. But one of the things that comes to mind is um, changing requirements for a project. Um, <laughs> I know one of the most demoralizing things that I can do is throw code away, even though sometimes that's the yeah. right thing to do. Um, sometimes the code was maybe just not great in the first place or or in order to keep the code base clean going forwards, I have to yes. throw code away. But it's still like, oh, I hate it. Yeah. And I think if there was very much of that, that would be one of the things that would take me that step towards burnout to where I wrote, did all this work, and then I'm ultimately digging a ditch just mm -hmm. to fill it back in. Well, and like you you, you mentioned, like you're in, in this point that we have written down here about the client changing requirements, that, that can be incredibly frustrating. And but the one other aspect of that is for those of us who are more in management as well, maybe doing code reviews. I made this mistake uh, yesterday, two days ago. Today's Thursday. Uh, maybe was it two days ago? I can't remember. Uh, yesterday. I, it doesn't matter. Um, 
there's my developer and me trying to get very specific here. <laughs> but a member of our team went through or built, had a pull request and I made some comments on that. We talked back and forth and we agreed on a change on that. And ultimately later in the day, I we ended up having another conversation about a related but not the same thing. And I realized my advice or my my suggestions in the morning, in the previous, yeah, in the morning was pushing this developer in the wrong direction. And that's demoralizing. And so it's a good reminder for me to recognize, to take very seriously changes that we want to be made, have a good reason for those, and to make sure I have thought fully through that because I there was a couple of things I had missed. They were fully there. They were obvious. It was my deal. I had missed it. Uh, but that's demoralizing when we want something changed and it really didn't need to be changed in the first place. And that's a, another great point is paying attention when, when on the phone with somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's so easy when on the phone to basically tune out or not really pay attention <laughs> yeah. to what the team member is oh, talking yeah, about. Yes, meetings. Oh, don't we yes. love meetings? I hate yes. meetings. I really do. <laughs> so, but sometimes those can be important details mm-hmm. that we work through yes. at that point. And if one checks out and then is like, oh, uh, mm, yeah, that, that's, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what you should do. Yes. That can cause problems later on too and be demoralizing. And I think this is one of those things where there's not like a, a as a lot of things, there's not like a clear fix for this, but I think there's a couple things that we as developers can do to decrease this likelihood of having to throw code away. And I think one of the things is is making clear on the requirements before we start. Absolutely. This is somewhat management, right, as it comes to client re- requirements, but sometimes it's the way that management communicates to us developers that can also be a problem too. It just depends on where in the chain yeah. that link is. But it's also developers, I think, can, uh, you as, devel- as a developer should be able to push back on those requirements. If you think it's just downright dumb, like wh- why would you want something like this? It's good to push back on it. Of course, graciously, don't say it's dumb, but you know, at least push back grace uh, graciously. And and I think this is ultimately a way to fight burnout because as you push back and have well-reasoned arguments, the merchant, your management team, whoever it is, they're going to see that, wow, this that you are being thoughtful about this and your uh, your opinion does matter. Uh, so even if it's shot down then, hopefully through the course of time, your opinion will become more respected. So this first one is demoralizing. Demoralization, if that's the term, I, I think it is. Being sure, demoralized. That's now being demoralized. Okay, thank Demoralization you. is now a term. Okay, good. <laughs> we just coined that. Uh, being demoralized uh, very much leads to burnout. But this one certainly does. I was talking to uh, some developers while ago. They were working on one a project for a merchant for three years. Oh, and without shipping it? Without shipping it, yeah. Wow. And uh, it, it never saw the light of day, i.e. production. And they were burned out. They were done. They were sick of this. Uh, and, I can imagine why. And, and I think this is a, a challenge, maybe bigger, more of a challenge for uh, developers who are working for a merchant, right? You're working on one website all the time. And I think this is this is something that uh, maybe those of you who are working at for a merchant would fa- face this a little bit more. But it's it's applicable to everyone, those of us that work at agencies too, and we're working on, you know, five, 10 projects at a time. Yeah, and that is when you get too siloed into something and you're just working on one thing day mm-hmm. after day after day, and there's no 
variety there. As a matter of fact, I was talking with a dentist last night who said that he was frustrated with having to do the same things over and over again, and therefore dentist experience burnout too. Yes, dentist experience. Wow. He said he could he could fill teeth in it. Uh, he could do fixed cavities in his sleep, and he just he just got tired of it, and so he started branching out and doing learning other skills. That way, he could provide better care to the, to his clients by providing a, a wider array of options to them, but also for himself, that it, that yeah. learning was interesting to him, and then the application of being able to um, to get in there and, and fix some interesting problems. He he told some bizarre stories, like where they can replace like someone's entire top set of teeth or, or like your teeth instead of getting dentures or something like that, like do implants all the way around and 3D print this guide and all this stuff, sort of wild stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think I know that dentist too. And it's like the, the amount of technology that goes into the amount of you developers that have made that possible is phenomenal. And a lot of years of sweat and research and development to get to that place. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So I think the way to kind of work around that a little bit is to, is to take on some side projects. And I don't mean like paid side projects necessarily as much as like, Hey, I want to learn react. Maybe you're a JavaScript developer that hasn't touched it before. So yes. you jump in and you learn react, or uh, maybe you learn symphony. If you're focused on the back end, you take up this new framework, this new skill set of some kind and jump in there. Or maybe it's a different language altogether. Mm -hmm. Maybe jumping into Swift or Go or something like that, that challenges you to think outside of the box and then doing that and then actually self-promoting to your manager and saying, hey, I now have this skill that um, I can apply to these projects. Yes. And um, I think you'll find variety with that. Oh, absolutely. I, I've seen that in my my life. Uh, back in, was it 2018, when we when I started doing more of this tr the training aspects of this, uh, of this of this on the Swift Auto side, it was it was frustrating to me that I was giving advice to my merchants, but I had no opportunity to vet these out myself. Like I, they were good ideas, but I had no op opportunities uh, to do that. And and I know the context here is slightly different, but that's one of the reasons. That is one of the reasons I launched the training as side of this. Obviously, that was I had the the idea, and then but building it out as more or less of a business. It gave me an avenue to take these ideas that I'm learning in that business site and actually share them with the merchants with, who, with whom we are working. And, and that very same thing applies. Like, for example, like Jesse mentioned, mentioned Symphony. Maybe you're working on Magento. Maybe you're working on Shopware. Well, Shopware is, extends Symphony, but uh, learning Laravel uh, when you're working with Shopware, that sort of thing, because there are so many great ideas that are found in these other frameworks, other languages you know, learning a functional language and taking those concepts and applying it back into PHP will give you breaths of fresh air. They've given it to me. Um, well, for for example, uh, Jesse and I, for a long time, we went to the PHP user group. May it rest in peace, thanks to COVID, um, the, the actual in-person one. And it was so good. There was, there was things I learned from that that I took back and I applied into the code that we were writing. Uh, and it was those breaths of fresh air that, gave great inspiration. Yes. And so with that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. There's so much more we can talk about and we're going to push it off into part two and maybe a part three, uh, because one thing we want to talk about is from a manager's perspective. So watching for the signs of burnout with your team, uh, making sure that you are 
that you are motivating them, that sort of thing. So there's there's a lot more to talk about uh, with this concept of burnout. We could we could probably dedicate way too many episodes to it just because of how how real it is, how much we run into it. So it's a big deal. And we want to talk about things that are not related to our job that can influence mm. burnout in our job as well. It does. All of it, it all plays together. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a ton to talk about. And so, again, if you are struggling with burnout, reach out to us. Uh, you re- Email Jesse at Swift Otter, Joseph at Swift Otter. We're, we're not licensed counselors by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but we fought through this. We've been through this ourselves. And it's a sticky, it's a sticky place to be. It's a difficult place to be. And again, my heart goes out to you. Our hearts go out to you. Uh, if, if you are currently in that position and at least we'll l- lend you a listening ear, uh, write, write us with your story. And, uh, we, we would want to, want to hear it. And we might even share it, you know, anonymously, of course, but you know, to, as far as, especially those of you who have been onto the other side, it, it, it's, it's important to talk about. So Make sure you have subscribed to this podcast. We'll be talking about burnout in future episodes, probably not the next one. I love talking about the challenges that we're facing, and I I hope it's inspiring to you all. But it was a great pleasure being with you all. Uh, Stay cognizant of burnout. Make sure to be ahead of that so it does not bite you. It was good talking with you. We will uh, talk to you next time.